You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Good day. Mason Stiver, back. Hey, guys. Shane Chastain. Welcome, listeners. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest, Annie Rabbits. Hiya, folks. Hey, welcome. Today's special guest brought to you by SimLab Racing Sim Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. And uh, Joe got his... uh, cockpit up and running and uh, he's had some good things to say about it so far let's talk to ann rabbits annie rabbits uh thanks for coming on the show uh we wanted to uh get to know you a little bit we saw your youtube channel and talked about it uh, a week or so ago on our podcast and uh thought we'd have you on to talk about that a little bit but first we want to hear about what first initially brought you to iRacing? When did you first hear that word, and uh, what did you do about it? Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, it's a long story. I'm actually contemplating making an episode about that, so I'm going to try my best to give you the short version. Um, since I can ever remember, I've been interested in anything with wheels on it or an engine in it. Um, and I can remember as a young teenager, my dad had a BMW uh, M5 Sports Edition, and as I got my license, he had to drive the BMW, and I absolutely loved it. So ever since, anything I can, if I can get on it and drive it, I, I would absolutely do that. Um, and then in life, I, I met Lawrence, or Crew Chief Larry, as I call him, and we share the same interests. And we started doing um, most of the go-kart tracks in Holland, in the Netherlands, when we lived there. So it was always, you know, I had to be in a car or in a, on a motorbike or just anything with, with that adrenaline rush. And then we moved to Scotland and we decided to buy motorbikes. And we started touring Scotland with the motorbikes. Um, but unfortunately, about 10 years ago, I fell ill. And I had to give everything up that I enjoyed. Everything. Cars, motorbikes, uh, anything with the adrenaline rush in it. I had to give it up. So playing games to sort of fill that void. Um, but eventually, my illness got so bad that I even had to give that up. And earlier during um, I had life-changing surgery and it gave me my life back. And we decided we want that fun back again. Um, and because we, we follow Formula One and MotoGP every so often, we heard that Lando and Max is playing iRacing or they're doing iRacing. And that's where we heard it. And we did into it and Larry started off first um, he bought the the pedals and the wheel uh, and he brought it home and I was like a child at Christmas when I saw the wheel I just got so excited to to actually 
try and do this. However, I'm a I'm a mom to two very young children, and time at that stage just to to start doing eye racing. So we created our accounts in May, but I actually physically got in front of the wheel only in middle of August, late August. Um, and I did my first practice session and I just loved it. I absolutely loved it and um, just want to keep doing it. So that's how I got into my racing. Well, very good. Yeah, you're definitely a rookie. And uh, let's talk <laughs> a little bit about the channel. I mean, the channel uh, it has some interesting videos and it kind of documents your rise through uh, iRacing here. Uh, the, some of the races you've gone through. Uh, some of the turmoil of wrecking. I think you had one <laughs> on your first top five and all that. But yeah. uh, interesting to watch. And I think a lot of thigh racers have been watching your videos uh, as you've been putting them out. Now, um, looking at your stats, uh, your winning percentage is zero uh, yes. on road and oval. But <laughs> you have uh, a few starts, 14 in road and one in oval. So you're yes. brand new. Yes. But... Uh, Tell us what you're doing. I mean, you're racing road, obviously. You're doing the Mazda uh, Path, Mazda MX Cup, Skip Barber. I see you've been running some of that. Yes. And then looks like an oval uh, USA street stock. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I started in, in the Mazda. Um, I, I struggled with the Mazda, if I, if I have to be honest. Uh, big learning curve for me. So eventually uh, I moved up, uh, to, you know, in, in my license when I had a, a big decision to make whether or not to go into the advanced Mazda or to try the Skippy. Um, and a lot of uh, uh, iRacing folks uh, suggested that I do move on to the Skippy. Um, and yeah, I gave it a go. And for me, it was easier to handle. Um, it felt more confident in the Skippy, definitely, than in the Mazda. But then I had that episode where, you know, week 13, where I decided to worry about, um, you know, safety ratings uh, or lap times, and I'm just going to go and have fun. That's where I, for the first time, did the oval. And it's absolutely fantastic. So because you guys invited me along, I decided last night I'm going to do my very first oval race. And I did. So, um, yeah, we, we're still working on the episode, but we're going to release the episode on my first race in Oval. It was absolutely fun. So what I am going to try and do is to see if time allows, if I can run both series, if I can run Road and Oval together and do at least one race of each every week. But uh, for now, I think because I'm a, you know, a Formula One fan and I like the cars, I'm going to, my, my concentration will be on at this stage, um, but I will definitely give Oval a, a go as well. One, okay. of the, one of the most entertaining videos on your channel was when you went out on all the week 13s and seeing your reactions to Oval as somebody who's always, uh, who's definitely a lot more familiar with, with the road world. Yeah, I mean, my that night was honestly, it was it was absolutely amazing because it felt so realistic. I mean, it actually felt like the wall was closing in on me, and it actually felt like I was going to hit that wall and I was going to get hurt. Uh, that's why the reaction you saw was a real reaction. It, 
literally felt like I was going to get hurt now. So it was absolutely amazing. So, uh, so yeah, I'm having loads of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm a rookie. I have no idea. I'm still learning. It's a big learning curve for me, um, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, very cool. It's fun to see your reaction on the video. Uh, and, and we can tell it feels real to you by your facial reaction. <laughs> and uh, I think that's what, you know, a lot of us connect to that because uh, we have that feelings as well when we're racing. So, I mean, you jumped in our room earlier today when Jesse and I were just finishing uh, NIS race in the top split. And you, you heard some of our intensity as yeah. we were uh, trying to get through that. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely mental. I mean, I, never in my life that I experienced all of these emotions from sitting in front of a PC, never, ever. You know, the emotions that I experience now is, 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 is emotions that I experience on my motorbike in real life. Um, never, ever in my life up until now have I got that in front of a PC. Um, so the, the, the episodes on YouTube is out. It's it's a family project. We we thought we'll have a laugh and, and and document how I'm learning from total scratch. I mean, at you know, I actually feel like Tom Cruise from Days of Thunder. I absolutely love driving cars, but I don't know anything, nothing whatsoever. So this is really, honestly, a big learning curve for me. But what makes it fun for me is 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 how the iRacing community me and helping me and supporting me and it's just it's tremendous i can't believe it it's absolutely fantastic yeah yeah there's a big, big group in fact we did hear from some of our listeners uh brett mcburney asked uh if annie bumped into a newbie who was starting their iRacing journey tomorrow what is the number one piece of advice she would give oh 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 yeah i'm a newbie myself still <laughs> but um oh gosh I would say what I'm trying to do is to be consistent um, because for me personally, that's the only way I can measure myself to see if I'm actually improving. So I'm trying to be consistent um, and to come in a way because I'm very competitive from nature. Um, and I think in one of the episodes you saw that my just totally took over and I just forgot about safety ratings and I just wanted to race and just walk. and you know it just turned out a disaster so uh, I think if I can say is just try and be consistent and stay calm and you would see yourself improve keep that's focused. what I would say yeah keep focused um it's hard um because all of the emotions do creep in. So it's hard for me to stay anyway, um, because I'm getting all these real feelings during a race. Okay, and then uh, listener Rusty Modesty asked, please convince Anne to join us in a carb cup race and try the stock car <laughs> oval. Uh, on a dress, my first oval race last night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and, and see if I can run the two there. Um I can't promise anything because you know I am you know time is, is I've I've got family a commitment that I have to do. Um but yeah, oval is definitely on the list of things that I will do because it what? is loads of fun. Yeah, I mean street stock is a uh, rookie is where you need to start. What he's talking about is the the sprint cup car. 
had Daytona oh, and Charlotte uh, in an unofficial series called Carburetor Cup. Okay. Uh, but that's a whole other animal. Okay. Can I just jump in on that, or do I need yeah. to go? Can I just jump in? I need to have now, because a... it's unofficial. Uh, it, you don't okay. have to have the, the license or I rating to get in it or whatever. Oh, fantastic! It's... Well, in that case, I'll I'll, I'll definitely um, you know give that a go next weekend. Um, weekend, um, we are actually um, yeah building our new rig. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm there's basically sure. three ovals uh, that I know that are unofficial. You got the Dallara okay. Dash, you got Carb Cup, and okay. then Pickup Cup. So those are trucks, okay. IndyCar, and yes. a, a car. Okay, I'll definitely look into that and 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 you know go and have some fun with. It. So Rusty, I'm on the track. Okay, another listener. Uh, I didn't get the name. How hard is it really? in iRacing and can you imagine the satisfaction you're going to have when you win your first race oh it's very realistic um and uh, i just uh, the feeling i had when i passed another racer legitimately for the first time so i can only imagine what the feeling will be like when i actually win my first race i think i'll wake up my kids by the screaming um I <laughs> can't wait i can't wait to to have my first win i think it will be an absolute achievement for myself a personal achievement to do that yeah and i think you'll win i mean i think everybody does eventually um and uh it's and we uh, uh, david correct me if i'm wrong but i think we're seeing progress in her driving as we go through the videos right she's getting better <laughs> oh but gosh it's always easy oh hang on a second it's yes. always easy to see. Uh, you always see the most improvement when you start something new. It's uh, why it's fun to start something new, for one thing. You know, the more, the, you, there's a cur kind of a reverse exponential curve. Uh, one thing that I was curious about was uh, the music selections that you use in your stream. I, I noticed the progression in that, being, being a sound engineer and a, and, a, and a band director, you know, I teach music. It was really neat how the first... I think that it almost represented a change in your attitude because when you first approached it, it seemed like, yeah, this is something that, yeah, I'm going to try it out. And by that time, the classical music, the high energy classical music kicks in, yeah. the intensity yeah. and the emotion was just different. And it, so I felt that just as yeah. a music selection. Yeah, I mean, uh, but to be honest with you, um, the, the whole um, Snail Racing YouTube channel is a big learning curve uh, for both myself and, and Larry. Uh, crew chief Larry, um, because I'm doing the racing, but he's doing all the editing, um, and it's 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 fun. It's something we we do together, and we are learning together. And the music, um, to be honest with you, Larry is choosing music he knows I would like, um, and we're trying to match the music with motion that went race that specific night. Because when Larry is in the room. And he can see and feel what I'm experiencing, you know, what, what I'm going through. So he's trying to translate what he saw. He's trying to translate that in the music into the video. So at this stage, it's a total experiment for both of us, you know, um, with the editing and how we put things together. Um, and we're trying to figure out what you guys will like and what you won't like. So any back you know it's always welcome uh, you know if 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 you would try, like to see something different um different content or different music 
or you know different layout honestly guys you need to tell us what you would like to see and we'll try our best to to deliver what you would want to see well i i think that's uh why we caught on to it your videos was it is different content than usual every iRacer out there has a, a stream of their race but that sometimes can be boring to a to a degree uh you have a produced video like david said music we got you know uh your your overlay of your face and your reaction <laughs> while you're racing and so there's a lot going on i think larry the crew chief's doing a great job <laughs> i'll pass the message on i think uh yeah i think i'm proud of him um you know it really hard work I don't uh, me personally for example when we started this whole thing I was very naive I actually literally thought um, you're going to switch on the webcam you're going to come and race and the webcam does the work and you publish it and yeah I suppose you can do it that way but if you want to make it fun and have fun with it you know we, we, we put uh, some effort into it so yeah uh, Larry works really hard editing I think David you would probably appreciate the amount of effort that goes into uh, the, you know a three minute um, episode you know a lot of effort goes into it but again um, we are trying to create content that will guys and, and keep you guys happy but also hopefully as I progress it will become more educational as well um, as I'm learning uh, techniques and racecraft and, um, you know, technical things, because I'm not technical whatsoever, I, hopefully my knowledge will pick up as I go and, and the episodes will reflect that as well. Okay. Now, you're probably too new to realize this, but there's not a lot of females around in iRacing. In fact, you're the first female we've ever had on this podcast and uh, <laughs> oh wow i want it <laughs> thank you <laughs> well oh, there gosh. you go so we have that oh. record you have that you'll be known as the first female ever on this podcast but oh, wow it is true that there's not a lot of females in iRacing so i'm going to ask you about that what have you uh seen or felt uh from the other from the community from other racers did they race you different because you're female do you feel like you're at a disadvantage no. in any way or anything no like that? no nothing whatsoever nothing um in fact uh, i think uh i certainly feel like i'm part of the community they don't treat me differently because i'm a woman they treat me as if i'm one of the guys and i'm quite happy with that i mean i'm uh, you know even my career before I, before i became ill you know i was uh, i was a woman man's world and and that was my job and my career and i absolutely loved it um so no uh, my experience is if you're a, a female and you want to and you're interested in cars and games honestly you have no worries in whatsoever in this world it's a fantastic community they embrace you they help you they teach you um stand up for you in certain cases and it's just absolutely an amazing experience. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, getting to know you a little bit. We'll keep watching your videos and we'll have <laughs> you back again. Uh, now, uh, listeners, if you want to uh, see Annie and uh, her, her videos uh, as she's a rookie racer, it's Snail <laughs> Racing on YouTube. Snail, S-N-A-I-L. Yes. Thank you guys for, for inviting me. Didn't expect it. It's it's been absolutely fantastic. 
honor. Um, so thank you. And thank you for the iRacing community. And thank you for all my subscribers. It's it's and I'm having great fun. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. And uh, and lovely to meet all of you guys uh, um, at Tafosi Racing and, and, and the podcast. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you. Let's get into topics. Uh, but first, we want to let everybody know that iRacers Lounge Podcast does sponsor the Podium, Podium Esports Oval Series. They run multi-class Xfinity and trucks on the same track at the same time. Uh, next up, USA, September 22nd. Uh, peak we're waiting for them to run again. It's going to be the Roval. Keegan Leahy uh, leads the points over Zach Novak, Blake Reynolds, and Garrett Lowe. Will, tell us about USAC World Championship Kokomo. Yeah, the USAC World Championship Series raced Wednesday night at Kokomo. Uh, last week's winner, Brendan Rogers, he had a dominating performance, but ended up uh, flipping the car with six laps to go while leading on his own. Um, David Holland was pressuring him in P2. He was kind of running the bottom and the top of the track. Um, it was real racy, real good. Um, on the restart, Heilman had to hold off his teammate Joel Berkeley. Unfortunately, they did not get a chance to race to the checkered as the race ended under caution. Um, other notable driver, Alex Bergeron, he ended up finishing P4. He uh, got wrecked in his heat race, had a transfer for the consolation race, so he started 17th, uh, made it up to 4th. Um, my overall opinion, um, the tra action on track was really good. Um, in fact, at one point, Heilman pulled a wheelie coming off of, I think, turn two, um, trying to make a move for the lead, and uh, it's super badass there. But uh, we just lost half the race to cautions, and it's uh, nothing against the drivers. These are some of the hardest cars out there. I don't think any other world championship race has ever had a leader flip themselves. Um, it's just the issue with the way iRacing counts those caution flag laps. It I feel like it really kind of killed the show. It's something they really need to fix. Um, hashtag soon is just not soon enough for this. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like if they just touch the wall at all, they get hung up in it or flipped over or whatever, and it's an instant caution. You know. Yeah, I think overall the driving's been phenomenal. I think it's like two or three cautions per race so far, which as with as hard as these cars are, um, that's going to happen. It just sucks to lose half the race to the cautions. So my take is Alex Bergeron on the bottom, he's been digging on the bottom in these cars, and he's normally at the top and everything else we see him run. But it's just inter you know, it just kind of throws me off when I see him on the bottom. The other thing about this track is the bottom, it looks like they're just driving around real slow because they're on the inside, and these guys on the outside are just wailing around. And the disparity in speed between the two lanes is quite different, and it, it's just kind of weird to watch. It, it's definitely different. Um, you really have to, there's such a thin groove on the bottom you have to work around. There's really no tolerance because if you go a little high, you're in the slick and you lose forward bite. And if you get too low, you'll be inside of the tractor tires and go for a ride like Bergeron did last week. So I think it's a good balance. Running the bottom takes its own skill set. Same with running the top and it's producing some great racing. Yeah, pretty good recap video. Uh, except it went private. Uh, I watched it the other day. It was fine, but uh, it's down. They took it down or something. Uh, they don't show the reason for the cautions a lot, but on this particular broadcast, they were doing a lot of wider angle shots, and you could actually see some of it before they cut away real quick. 
but they're still doing that kind of uh, editing. Yeah, it was actually last week. It, I think the recap video didn't come out till Monday. And most of the time they come out next day. So I don't know what kind of issues they're having on these recap videos. Something strange is going on. All right. David, we got eSports Super Cup Porsche. Yeah, the eSports Super Cup Porsches, they took to WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Sebastian Job with Red Bull Racing dominates the race. And uh, championship leader Ro Josh Rogers, he was caught up in a wreck in the corkscrew in the sprint race. He was able to make it back to P16 during the feature. And that allows him to hold on to his lead uh, in the championship points at 87, ahead of Maximilian Benecki. And um, I don't care what point system you're leading, that's probably a pretty big jump. It's definitely been the year of Josh Rogers. There's only one race left, so all he has to do is probably start, right? It, it, probably. I haven't been looking at which, you know, if they're using just a regular iRacing point system or one point per position. 87, it, yeah, he's probably got it in the bag. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty well locked. All right, Ignite Series. Uh, I, Parker Retzlaff. Retzlaff is the champion. He won the uh, final race. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk about this. We were kind of talking about this in the chat, and we were thinking maybe it's because there's children involved. Maybe that's why there's not a lot of press. But I had to go digging just to figure out who won the race. It felt like even the broadcasts weren't properly promoted the same way. You would think this would get as much attention as any of the other pro series, even though it is, I mean, younger drivers and there's no pro license. By the time they get to the playoffs, you'd really expect these uh, races to be promoted just in general. And I don't think there was much of anything all through the season. It was definitely different than they did the first year. But okay, uh, next up I got VRS GT World Championship for teams is now discontinued and uh, this was kind of a cluster on the forums uh, they announced it the thread you know the normal pitchfork and uh, guys came out and there was a lot of things said and the forum post ended up getting removed but that all happened within my work shift and when I came home and started looking, the, all the news of all this was just deleted. And so there were a couple threads, you know, with some hurt feelings and kind of talking about what happened. But I had to go digging for the original story. I eventually found it. It was uh, Tyler Hudson uh, did post up. After four successful years of team championship, we have made the decision to discontinue the series for now. The series was initially created to showcase our team driving capabilities within iRacing and our GT car offerings, along with the top road racing drivers and the service. We also had a partnership with Blank Pain to promote the series, which has ended. We felt it has run its course and will be shifting more focus on other things to promote team racing. Things like official series, our special events, supporting third-party team events, etc. No one likes to hear that their series is ending. We get that. We do have six other World Championship Series available now, most which have manufacturer or series support. The external support is a key to growing esports, and our focus will be to foster these relationships and make the series bigger and better every year. So what do you think? They pulled the plug. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. It was, it was the only team series, right? Yeah, so there isn't one to run now. 
Well, it's the only pro team series. There's there's yeah, still endurance endurance ALMS and oh, um, okay. I think there's a there's a non pro version of the VRS chip, uh, division as well that are that are open. They're not so. I think this is the only one that was actually a sponsored series with prize money, etc. You wonder if VRS pulled out. Well, and he kind of said that you know they need a either a manufacturer or series support for these uh, championships, and so I I think they've kind of established that here in the last year or so. I, now, go ahead, Will. I say it just feels like even though this was an endurance series, when you kind of compare it to the other road of the Porsche Super Cup, there's a lot of similarities as far as what the cars look like and the racing you'll see. Before you had the open wheel cars and these were the fendered road cars. And uh, I think with the Porsche Super Cup and then this, like there's just for the outsider watching, if they don't know it's an endurance championship, that kind of takes away from it as well. Um, I, I just kind of think there's a little overlap there kind of takes away from it. Yeah, none of us are driving in this, so it doesn't really hurt us bad. But I, you know, the guys that were in it uh, apparently had a lot of things to say and I don't know. I just think we need a better communication. Like, if they're going to post something like this, they need to lock the thread where people can't comment. So other people, when they get home from work, they can actually see what Tyler Hudson had announced. Because by the time they deleted it and everything, there was nothing to even read about the announcement, literally. The only way I could uh, read this to you was somebody actually got a screenshot of it. And there's no open wheel championship, right? Nope. Yeah, I think this just leaves just the Porsche Super Cup for road guys. I know the IndyCar is looking for something to do in sim racing. I sure hope they're talking to iRacing. That would be a good matchup, I think. be perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, Will, next. World of Outlaw Late Model Series 2019 Season 3 Stats. Yes, we had a post in the forums. Um, Rob Crouch, he posted up some stats for the... Uh, Season 3 of the World of Outlaw Late Models. And uh, there's some pretty good stats here. I'm always a big fan of these. A um, couple of key ones that stand out was uh, Tyler Hudson, staff member. He was the cleanest driver. He uh, had .006 incidents per lap. He had uh, actually four incidents for the entire season. Um, I think he ran over 700 laps, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So pretty clean racing there. Uh, did you guys see any stats that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, Chris McGuire is the name at the top of the list of most wins, most podiums, most pole positions, uh, best winning percentage. Chris McGuire, wow, seventy-seven percent is his winning percentage. It's uh, it's kind of funny because the one list he is not on is the total I rating gain. Um, biggest winner there was Andrew Hawkins too, who gained a total of nine hundred and sixty-five I rating. Um, through that series, so it sounds like uh, there was one thing he did not pick up. <laughs> Checkers or Wreckers, probably got kind of guy. All right, let's keep going. Tony, can we scan North Wilkesboro, please? <laughs> well, all you got to do is uh, reach out to Mr. Dale Jr., and uh, maybe he can get it done. He threw out a tweet um, saying he, he'd uh, talk to Steve Myers. Um, about scanning North Wilkesboro for preservation, if nothing else, um, at least they would, you know, at least they'd have the data and it would be there for forever. Um, he said the uh, the surface would need to be clear to weeds to do it. Um, so he 
he threw a tweet up um, basically just saying, hey, um, this is what I was told. And what do we got? We're up to like a thousand retweets. Um, everybody's like, yeah, we'll, we'll come out. We got, we'll, we'll bring the weed eaters. We'll bring the lawnmowers. We'll bring the scissors. We'll pull the grass out with our hands. We'll do whatever it takes to, to get this thing happening. Um, and it's kind of turning into a, quite possibly a real thing. Um, Steve Myers posted up uh, just the other day that uh, that he, he started trying to figure out how to get the track built in 2015. Um, he said, as with everything we do content-wise, priorities are continuously moving around until something actually gets signed, data collected in, in the production queue. But if we get this track scanned, it will definitely be built. So it is not a joke. So there you go. we just need uh, Mr. Jr. to to pull some strings and, and get the keys to that gate. And it looks like this, this could happen. And, um, you know, from the scuttlebutt everywhere, you know, people would be extremely happy. Um, they, uh, they spent a lot of time on the Dale Jr. Download talking about this very topic here. And um, the one takeaway that I had from it was, you know, the condition of the track it hasn't been used for quite a while. So it's, you know, it's been let go. And obviously if you got to weed eat the, the track surface, um, it, it's, it's going to be bumpy and that's, you know, that's going to show up in the, in the scan. Um, but I really don't think that's going to be any kind of deterrent. Uh, everybody no. seems to be completely psyched about this. And, um, I personally don't know much about this track, but, um, you know, from what I've been reading, they got a bit of a downhill on one of the straightaways. Um, the, the, the pictures that I've been able to see are all, you know, current pictures. Um, but even for someone like me that has no history with this place, I really don't know much about it. it I'm extremely intrigued. Um, and I just like the whole aspect of how they're going about getting this possibly done. This has been a lot of fun to, to read about and, and follow. I think it's actually happening. If you listen to the Dale Jr. download and what Dale says about it, you know, he talked to Marcus Smith, the owner uh, of the track on an airplane ride, you know, uh, and basically told him what he wanted to do and stuff. And so he's got permission of the owner of the track. Uh, all he's got to do is organize to get the weeds uh, pulled and whatnot uh, before the scan. So he said he, he's got a plan. He's going to figure out when they're going to scan it. He's going to figure out a day before that where they can uh, mow it and weed eat it. He's already, he read off a list of names he's been collecting that are going to help with that. Uh, a bunch of people in the NASCAR industry. Um, and he's going to contact them and they're going to organize and actually get it done. And, there, and then somebody else on the download said there was another guy who has a lawnmower business and he had a bunch of equipment and he said he was going to bring it. So I think it's going to happen. So you think, okay, so if he's got some lawnmower people, what if he had some paving people and they were just to kind of patch it up? I mean, it's a bit of an expensive endeavor, but, um, I mean, they're already going this far. So, you know, maybe do a little bit of patching, throw some, you know, rubber down in the cracks just to kind of smooth it out just for, for scanning sake. Do you think that could, like, anything at this point could really be a possibility, but um, do you think that would be kind of realistic? On the same note, could iRacing virtually patch it up? Well, that's, actually... that's the thing. you got to remember, this is a departure from what iRacing normally does. Uh, every time they release a track, it's as it is today when they scanned it. 
when they did release this one, Dale was saying, we need to make a decision. He said, maybe later, are they going to make it look like it is today? Or are they going to like try to recreate it like it was last used in 1995? And Dale was saying, we could find pictures of and video of what it looked like on that last race that day and then have iRacing build it to that as far as the look outside of the track surface. Um, but you're right. Let's virtually, you know, fudge it a little bit. I'm sure they will. Yeah, because you're saying they didn't have to remove any of the weeds from outside of the racing surface. Everything from the grandstands could stay, all that stuff. So, well, there's the, they definitely would have to remove the weeds, but there's also cracks that would probably not be on a regular racing surface, right? Or would have, or would have at least had sealer added to them. Very interesting. I love how Dale is. He even calls himself the champion of iRacing, is what he said on the on his uh, podcast. But he talks extensively about his love for the iRacing sport. He was talking about his rig a little bit. Uh, he was telling Mike Davis what a sim rig is, you know, because Mike doesn't have a clue. And yeah, it was uh, a great podcast. And they talked about it early in the podcast, not in the second hour, you know, like they normally do. Yeah, well, I mean, like it's uh, it almost seems like on a weekly basis he's he's plugging eye racing in one way or the other, you know, talking to to people that uh, you know the guests that he has on that, that don't know much about it or um, just talking with the other fellas. Um, it's he's he's been doing a lot. It's 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 kind of it's very interesting to hear about some of you know what what he's saying about about the service when it's more than just saying you know hey it's great and stuff because we already know it is but um when he gets into the the details and then you know blowing up stories like this this is cool well he is a team owner so he is there's an interest definitely an interest for him to see more people come into the i racing yeah he did talk about that a little bit too you know he said he he likes i racing so it's in, in his best interest to promote it or make it better and uh, that kind of thing. So if you have time, uh, listen to the Dale Jr. download. Uh, it's pretty cool. Mason, we got a follow-up to a, a story on the Peak Indy race where there was some, quote, NASCAR-style blocking. Uh, we heard from some other uh, Peak drivers and got some quotes. Yeah, for those of you unfamiliar, um, quick recap. At the end of the Indianapolis peak race, uh, Blake Reynolds was leading. Casey Kerwin was in second, coming out of turn four for the to take the checkered flag. And Blake runs out of gas right about pit road entrance. And uh, Casey tries to pass him low, and Blake puts him into the wall. Now, um, we have Logan Cress here, uh, who was talking about the blocking. Um, and he said, in this series, with this package, it's yeet or be yeeted. Wait. Yeet or be yeeted. Now, Shane, we had to ask you earlier because we're old. What does yeet ma- mean? Well, a yeet is like a throw. So if uh, you yeet something at somebody, that means you sling it. And so if one is to be yeeted like into space, then that means they would be launched. I love that quote. That's why we had to have this story. But uh, yeah, Logan wins it with the best quote. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and so we had some more peak drivers weighing in. Um, Phil Diaz saying that it is assumed that iRacing is okay with this or allows it. So kind of insinuating there might be penalties. Um, Malik Ray, basically the argument that Blake is a drafted driver who is in the playoffs, uh, saying that he won't be penalized. No way he'll be suspended. 
Um, and this is a direct quote. They can say we don't allow that type of racing in this series all they want until we we see that incident report and see that nothing has been done, which will say otherwise. So some conflict among opinions there about the peak drivers and uh, and whether he'll get a penalty for it or not. My question is, should we publicize the penalties? Well, they don't really. I mean, we hear about them one way or another because we see people not in the race. But should they? Well, NASCAR used to catch a lot of flack for their secret penalties. Now they publicize them all. I think they should. Yeah, like if I'm a if I'm a well, viewer and I tune in the race, like very first race of the season, tune in the race, I'm like, oh, I'm a Logan Clampett fan. Wait, where's Logan at? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe just a forum post or something. It for everybody following along, like like the real NASCAR helps add to the to the drama, which creates excitement. Um, you know, good or bad excitement, but it just keep keeps everybody involved and um, you know rooting one way or the other. I'll play devil's advocate for the other side. Golf does not disclose why people are penalized or suspended, and uh, a reason for that is that you don't have to worry so much about precedent because if you bungle one early, now you have precedent for all future incidents, and it may be that you made a mistake or didn't want it that way and uh you know then you're then you're stuck in a no-win situation whereas if you don't have them then it's like someone serving a suspension and yeah the people, twitter and mob can, well and then and then the twitter mob can make what it wants out of it because the twitter mob would be mad if you were inconsistent also <laughs> that's about how things go these days i think they should publicize it and i really think they should be done live on the spot during the race and not applied a week later um i don't i don't think it's right to you i mean say you have a fair driver and you hop in to watch the race and he's not there because something he did last week um if you think nascar the only time i could think of them doing that was probably back to either matt kenseth or kyle bush when he was in the truck series in wrecked hornaday it's uh not a president in nascar i think if nat or if i racing was unhappy with the block, they could have called it right then and there if they had live stewards and say, hey, we're going to disallow the finish of uh, Reynolds or however they wanted to handle it. A DQ. Do it. Yeah, do it there. Do it live in front of everybody. It gives you one something to talk about during the week and um, helps build publicity that way. And there's um, an extra entertainment value. And uh, drivers at that point will know like, hey, like what? So let's say I could wreck somebody this week and win the race. All, the only offset is I miss next week. I mean, what kind of punishment is that? Well, yeah. then you do open that can of worms of now you're not only asking for consistency in precedent, but also immediate consistent action, which is going to be difficult. I heard Steve O'Dell- O'Donnell's looking for a job. There you go. And David Hoots as well. Yeah, we definitely Oh, yeah, David, David Hoots. Hoots, not Steve O'Donnell. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm not saying they would make the right call every time. Um, and there would always be controversy there, which we already have in real NASCAR anyway. But uh, I'm just not a big fan of somebody missing the next race, being right. quiet about it, like as if nothing ever happened. I think it promotes good for iRacing that dumb driving gets you a, pun- a penalty. I think as iRacers, we like to see that because what makes iRacing special is the quality of racing. This should be a no call. This is they should do nothing because 
The checker is waving, guys. They're coming to the checker. It's NASCAR. That's all I have to say. There's, oh, yeah, there's no, nothing else that should be said. I'll there's some. That. Sorry, David. I don't know if this is an argument for either side, but generally most uh, sports analysts will say that you don't want the referees to be the story. You want the drivers or the athletes to be the story. Let them play. Yeah, I don't have anything wrong with what uh, Blake did in the race. I'm not trying to say that. Just uh, that was good racing. That's what makes it exciting. I'm just saying in in general. Yeah, I hope uh, they don't do anything. Uh, but uh, Logan, yeet or be yeeted. I love it. All right, let's keep going. Uh, last week's guest, Evan Pasoko, who is the uh, the voice of the Peak Series, actually got to meet the NASCAR on NBC team at Vegas because he lives in Vegas and he went to the track. Hooked up with Steve Letarte, Chris Devota, Dale, G- uh, Dale Jarrett, uh, and the entire team, uh, Dale Jr. too. And he posted up some pictures and whatnot on his Twitter. Uh, pretty cool uh, for Evan. Hopefully he'll get to uh, be invited to Charlotte like I proposed would be a great idea for the next uh, race. Yeah, we talked about it last week. He he's got, he's he's. I think he's on their level, as far as the quality of announcing he does. Very cool. All right, David, we got iRacing BMW driving experience one twenty. So step twenty, September 29th, nine a.m. Eastern time. Race for your chance at two BMW M four GT four training sessions in Germany. Those are the top prizes. So it's a chance to. Uh, get some races i don't know if uh, transportation will be included or not but it's a nice experience to race for wow for a nice prize okay let's keep going will i racing is hiring again yeah i racing is hiring a qualitative tester i think that's how they spelt it but basically a quality tester um one of the cool things is on the job requirements it says minimum one year active i racing membership so they want a an active member to kind of hop in on that and it looks like you're just going to be quality testing Ah, uh, they need it. They need testers, that's for sure. And it looks I, like it has to do with the uh, the beta software. I think it was mentioned in here at one point in time in UI. So, but just uh, more testers, the better. Now you have to go to Boston to get that job and live there, though. If you want to get it, uh, email Alex at iRacing dot com. Mason, we got hot fix release notes. Yeah, we had two hot fixes uh, this week. On the 17th, there was a beta interface update. Um, the test drive creation experience has been reimagined by the wizard. Um, so they, they just recreated how you're going to do test drive sessions, and some issues in Create a Race were fixed as well in the beta UI. And then uh, today on Thursday, um, iRacing was down again for some maintenance. Yeah, it was a network maintenance, but the surprise was an updated Charlotte Roval. So let's talk about that real quick. Uh, we did get a new uh, updated Roval with the brand new chicane that they're going to run. I think they're trying to get it out in time for the peak race, which is coming up. So it was released today as part of this uh, release. I did go run two laps. I, I think the best way to describe it is on the new chicane on the backstretch. You drive down there and you stop and then you turn in because it's so freaking sharp. But once you make that corner and you're coming out of the chicane, it's uh, pretty quick. There is a wall that is right next to you, but it's alongside of you. It's not like a hard edge. So they got rid of all the hard hits 
And I was telling uh, the guys, I think they should call it the Bubba Wallace chicane. It should definitely add an extra passing zone because uh, you carried so much speed through the old chicane back there. With such a heavy braking zone, it should give some good opportunities to make a pass. Several of the cars you didn't even break in that with that chicane. It was just a matter of whether you took the right line or not, and if you didn't, you you were dead. You can't go through there side by side either. So that's what the passing zone is. You're all going to break hard down to a stop almost. It feels like a stop because it's so slow. And then you're going to have to take turns getting in there. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, I just moved the video up there. I Racing put out a, a video um, the other, yesterday about that. It was, a, it was a cute, funny video of the guy who uh, I'm assuming it was probably Alex Horn or uh, Tyler Hudson was driving straight through where the old chicane would be and uh, stops dead because he's wrong and backs up and then goes the right way around it. Yeah, it's it a is a muscle memory. I kind of did the same thing the first time by. There's also an update that's supposed to help uh, with the Oculus Rift performance, I believe, or some of the VR having having the render always be up in the red. Uh, I haven't been on since the update, but hopefully, it, uh, hopefully I see an improvement. All right, we got special event announcements. David. Got a couple coming up. The Bothurst 1000. It's coming up on September 27th, 28th. There's a split running on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. We are, um, it's at Mount Panorama, which is Bathurst. Uh, there's a 30-minute warm-up, 161 laps. It has dynamic weather sky with qualifying attached. It's a 50-instant limit. <clears throat> wow, that's, that's low. That's low. Um, though, at Bathurst, if, if, you, um, if you miss... You're pretty well done. Yeah, you're because... not wor you're not worried about the incident limit <laughs> <It's>, there. <laughs> you, you hit that wall. I mean, it, it's a long it, race for fifty. It's a it's a long race, but again, when you you hit the wall if you miss anywhere, basically, there's just there's not many and then places. You're done. There's not many places where you don't destroy the car if you if you go off the track. There's no there's no runoff spaces. Um, it's running in the Ford Falcon and the Holden, and it's being held on the Australian servers. Yeah. And uh, Tony's going to tell us about Petit Le Mans. Yeah, that one's coming up October 4th and 5th. Um, same time as Bathurst, Friday, 9 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. Uh, yeah, Road Atlanta, the 30-minute warm-up. That'll be a 10-hour race, uh, dynamic weather and sky, qualifying attached. Uh, this one's got a 100-incident limit, and the cars are going to be running as a C7, uh, BMW, Ferrari, Ford, Porsche GTE cars, uh, Audi R8 GT3, and the Merc GT3. So basically just the IMSA cars. 100 incidents there. Yeah, you could run those up there. You can, but it's only a 10-hour race. It's not 24-hour. That should be enough. All right, Shane, where is the coolest jump in iRacing? Well, there seems to be a little bit of uh, discussion about it in the forums. Um, we've got guys jumping all over the place wanting to see their Evil Knievel impressions. Um, a lot of people posting pictures in the forums of uh, them ramping cars over uh, over Mount Panorama and trying to jump sections of track in various places. I see a guy well in the air in Sakuba. And uh, yeah, I imagine just getting in a test room and acting a fool. Oh, I do this all the time. Yeah, I like the jump at Bathurst. Um, 
There is a video. Glenn Brown put up a video showing several cars jumped at the Bathurst jump uh, where you basically run off the track and you can fly over and try to land it. Uh, some cars can land it. Others can't really. It'll be interesting when the new damage model comes out and we try it uh, on these cars uh, with these jumps. I run pretty much all wing cars, so I didn't know there were any jumps anywhere. Well, there, there is one for the Pro Mazda at Lime Rock. I was just going to mention that one. This guy absolutely sends it, and uh, he, I guess you would say, yeets himself almost into outer space. Yeah, that guy is up in the stratosphere for sure. Oh, wait, wait. Turn to the second page, the very first post. It's a pro-something truck, and it looks like the damage model breaks it when it hits a wall. I think the damage model got broke. That's uh, Summit Point, uh, right after the start-finish, I think, if you go off to the right. I'm going to guess with VIR, Virginia, maybe. Uh, Sonoma is a great place to jump uh, the track uh, through the carousel. Uh, that's always uh, fun to do. And, uh, of course, any of uh, the D Dirt Pro 4 uh, tracks, when the race is over, I, I usually like to launch and then send a short video to Greg because he likes that. All right, we're running out of time. We're going to skip to hardware, software. Shane, Dale Jr.'s cable management is better than David's. Yes, uh, this comes from Twitter by Carolina Simworks. They've got a picture of uh, Dale Jr.'s new rig, and he's got them just obsessively neat. I mean, they're laid out next to each other, and they're on the piping, and there's uh, copious amounts of zip ties. It's just as pro as you could, well, it's as pro as you'd expect. And also, his pedal set, serious as a heart attack. In my defense, I actually have managed my cables since y'all saw those pictures. Okay. Now that, I, now that I have everything installed. But did you do it this good? I mean, that really does look nice. Everything on the rig is tied down. The only thing that's not tied down is the stuff that runs over to my computer. The real class part is that uh, power strip there with for his triple monitors mounted on the back leg of the stand. Yeah, and he's got all the cabling like contained up behind the monitor so you can't see it. So, yeah, very good job. Obviously, uh, Dale's got some help from the guy who sold him the stuff. Well, I'm going to take points off because the, uh, the power strip is zip-tied to the stand. Rather oh. than mounted? Yeah. <laughs> Duct tape okay. comes in black. All right, next up uh, is a story... It was a forum post where a, a guy wanted to, uh, he wanted the Sim Labs uh, cockpit, but he also wanted the Sim Lab bucket seat, but they only ship it to the European Union. Uh, they don't ship it to the U.S. So he was looking for alternatives uh, to for a bucket seat. And so we found a bunch of alternatives. Uh, let's kind of look through them. Uh, first of all, that the Sim Lab seat that they offer is actually really nice. I mean... Uh, the way it looks and the style and the color and everything, I was, you know, very impressed with that. And if there was a way to get that, I, that would probably be my choice. But uh, we did find some other ones. Uh, one of them is a website car called Corbeau.com, C-O-R-B-E-A-U. And they have some seats, uh, one called the FX1 Pro Racing Seat, $339. And uh, it's not bad. It's kind of a replica of the Sim Lab seat. 
uh, but in a different kind of color and style. Uh, the seat that you bought, uh, David, was on this list as well, the Jags. It's a little more low. Uh, it's not as fancy looking, I would say, uh, but gets the job done. It says $117. Well, if you go to Jags, there's there's many options on there. The one I bought was not $100. Uh, it was closer to $600. Um, and if you actually look on, if you actually look on the SimLab site, quite a few of the seats that they offer are SimLabs. So, are uh, are 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 Sparco. So, Jags is a supplier, not necessarily a brand. I see. I have that the second Amazon link, the NRG seat. Um, it's been doing okay. I feel like there might be more comf- comfortable out there. The 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 very farthest out uh, cushion is kind of it's it's Velcro and it's kind of running away from the rest of the Velcro, but uh, but it's it's not the worst thing I've said. So NRG that's on Amazon two hundred bucks. One thing I caught my eye was on Amazon. There's a Sparco lumbar cushion, and uh, that looks kind of neat to kind of sit on your chair and kind of maybe put behind your back 2750 on amazon since i've had the rig i don't really in long races i don't suffer from i get basically tailbone fatigue anymore now rickmotech.com has a bunch of seats too and they have a bunch of different options too with some neat looking colors and stuff uh but their pricing's pretty expensive uh some of these big ones are like more than 600 bucks Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, next up was a uh, simrig.se is the website. Simrig.se. It's a 3DOF motion system. Uh, they have 6 degrees of pitch and roll, uh, 70 millimeters of travel, 100 millimeters of speed, uh, 4 actuators that fit onto your rig. Uh, pretty cool uh, idea here. What do you guys think? It's like a bolt-on for, you know, a SimLabs chassis uh, to make it motion. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, if you already had your chassis, that'd be the easiest thing, I think, to build on. Definitely don't want to do it with the chintzy rig. Yeah, and so uh, pricing, did you see pricing? I didn't. This definitely looks like the kind of thing you have to contact for pricing. Yeah, it doesn't say on the website. Yeah, I wonder, uh, how, I wonder how it compares to that to that uh g6 seat well the, remember there's a sfx 100 uh kind of do-it-yourself ones you have the d box which are really expensive and so this hey. might be a good alternative so if you go over to like order now um you'll get the price it's uh 2900 euros that's yeah. about the same that's about the same price as the seat that comes with the, that's the yeah the motion system with the software so it's pretty much everything you need, I think. All right. Check that out. David, we got a Porsche GT3 Cup race car. This literally might just be a dream rig, man. I, I looked at this last week. Uh, this is one of the ones we kind of held off on. It's an actual Porsche chassis with three monitors that are on 98-inch screens. And it's got and a D-box under the seat. You actually sit in the car. It's got a D-box under the seat for both driver and passenger and it's set up basically by Porsche race coach and two juniors of the Porsche race team. And uh, some drivers that were driving in it were actually getting times that were within about two two kilometers of their actual racing speeds. 
Uh, this can be found in Ockenheim, but if, I mean, you can be sitting in this. You're not just sitting in the chassis. You're, the screens are outside and far enough away that you get the right field of view. It is, it's got to be. It's just got to be tops as far as immersion goes. Probably even better than VR. It's so cool that there's a passenger seat too, and you can bring a passenger in the sim race with you. Like I'd love to get my mom in there or somebody like that. You know? Okay, let's go racing. Now it does look like there the seat is the motion part of it, not necessarily the whole vehicle. So the seat kind of moves left and right. Looks like the guys are bouncing. But they're in an actual Porsche. You know, you open right. the door, you sit in it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, pretty darn cool. Check that website. It's sifat-simulators.de. Okay, Mason, VRS Direct Drive at the Sim Racing Expo. This is an article that uh, VRS put out um, after the Sim Racing Expo, and uh, they, were, they were saying they had their wheelbases and pedal type, pedal prototypes there, and they got very positive feedback. So I found a couple quotes in here um, I wanted to read about those uh, wheelbases and pedals. So the first is from Alex Simpson of Apex Racing. Uh, he said he couldn't tell the difference between his Sim Steering 2 and uh, Husenfeld Ultimate pedals compared to the new VRS Direct Drive and their pedals. So that's pretty good praise, I think. Um, then we got Denny Rates uh, from Radicals Online. Uh, he said, comparing it to my own OSW, the VRS wheel feels really smooth with very detailed feedback, which makes the car easy to point in the correct direction. If the price is as good as they are trying to aim it for, I would consider selling my OSW for VRS. That's a that's a huge one. Yeah. Um, Jarl Tien, he's a peak driver and he runs for NX Racing. He says he's pretty impressed, honestly. Instantly confident and ready to explore limits of the car. I did not know I racing could feel that good. <laughs> and then we have a real-life driver, Sage Karam, real-life IndyCar driver. He said, for me, it was my first opportunity to drive any type of direct drive system. I drove multiple different systems, and to me, the VRS was the smoothest and most consistent out of any of the ones I drove. You could really feel the car better, such as during a slide, and because the response was so great, it was super easy to drive. What would be a difficult car to drive on most other steering systems? He goes on to say the brake pedal felt very realistic as well. So huge praise. Yep. And so it's just been a long time, though. I mean, let's get it, let's get it out there. Let's sell it. I'm curious to see what that price point is going to be. Right. I still haven't heard exactly what that number is. All right, Will, we got a German company that sells SimuCube. Yeah, website is racework, race, W-E-R-K.com. Um, they sell the uh, SimuCube. They sell wheels for it. So really, if you're looking to get a direct drive system now and not wanting to wait for that VRS wheel, um, this is a great site to go to. Yeah, the SC2 Pro is really probably the best wheel out there if you, for the money um, and this is where you order it if you're not in the US um, and then they have those brakes we've talked about before um, yeah I think we talked about them last week but yeah no, this is a site that's really nice higher end equipment um, the wheels that actually go to the wheel hub um, they have wireless wheels available or the button boxes you can attach your own wheel to so it kind of has that's a one stop shop for everything you're going to need yeah, mounts, uh, wheels, gloves, everything. Yeah, I just pointed out that website, Race Work, but it's a W-E-R-K. Uh, next up, 
I wanted to point out uh, at the Sim Racing Expo, the Visaro booth, when I saw their cockpits uh, in that tour that we saw of the Expo, I noticed they have a belt tensioning system. And so I went digging for it to take a, to look for it because I don't think they used to have this on their rigs. Uh, but if you go to Vissaro.com, you'll see uh, on their pro rigs, they do have a, a belt tensioning system now. Uh, and it it's pretty cool. I, it, it'll kind of will pull that the belts against you. There's a big box behind the cockpit that the belts are in, and there's some kind of motor or something that pulls them in and out of that box. And uh, what do you guys think of that? This has got to all be just prohibitively expensive. Oh yeah, this is the high, high, high end stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. We... They'll sell you an entire little uh, formula chassis to go with your thing. Uh, there's another company out there that just does the belt tensioner system. Is there not? Because I feel like I think just... we've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I got to imagine. Well, you know, all pr like price aside. I mean, you got to sell your firstborn child probably, but um, you know. It's, just got to add to that uh, immersion and give you a bit of that G-force feeling. Right. Yeah, I don't know if a belt tensioning system should be a part of every rig or not. Uh, there are a few out there. Uh, this is one of them. It's called the Vasaro One Formula Professional Range, and they do include that. looks like it has D-box and everything. I just love their monitor mounts, too, by the way. All right, let's keep moving. David, we got button boxes. It's a little website called Sim Racing for You. It's got a lot of different combinations at different price points. Um, they're handmade. Uh, you can even get one with a key for your start starter. There's toggles, encoders, and even backlit push buttons if you'd like, or standard color ones. Um, up to 32 functions on some of their options. Uh, check it out. It's on our notes. I think that's the first time I've seen one with a key much less prohibitively expensive yeah i like the pricing of these uh i wonder what shipping is it looks like it is in euros so but you know 79.99 69.99 99.99 and uh they're pretty functional you know with the type of buttons and the knobs and whatnot yeah this is the price point these things um should be at like it's accessible to pretty much anybody that's that runs the sim or any sim really um and, and they're visually appealing too right like they're um they're not blinged right out um but it's got the know. carbon fiber front you know yeah yeah i mean it's 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 suited well enough and you know they're, they're all going to do the job and you know they don't look like my my wooden one <laughs> not by any means but um yeah good on these guys if they work as well as they they look like they they should um that's awesome it's great for those people that, you know, build out a whole dashboard kind of rig. I'm still fascinated by the key. Like, I was trying to think, okay, so you wouldn't be able to race the sim if you don't have the key? Oh, so, that actually might be really good if you... Uh, had kids you know, you got, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, lock them little buggers out. Sorry, you can't start my sim without the key. I have the key on my key ring. Yeah, go out, mow the lawn, and I'll let you turn five laps. Don't okay. let the wife get a hold of it. All right, next up, Tony, Formula Wheels by Pulsimer. Pulsimer. <laughs> Pulsimer. Yeah, yeah, um, caught sleeping. Um, 
boy, oh boy. I got nothing, Mike. <laughs> Polsimmer.pl is the website. P-O-L-S-I-M-E-R. No, these are cute. They're uh, durable rubber handles, aluminum main plate. They've got knobs and buttons. They look like little formula wheels. Nothing to them. Paddle shifters. Oh, there um, it is. I, sorry, guys. I, I pulled up the Facebook uh, post there. The, and it, it, the prices on these are in a, a Z and a character I've never seen, but it must be something with a good conversion rate because their number's like 1300 So as for money Polish. on that, I don't know. Was that New Zealand or I don't know? Poland. 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 Oh. Pole Simmer. Pole Simmer. Oh, I get it. Okay. Uh... So they're wheels from Poland. Okay. So this is a proper OMP wheel. Uh, it's just a GT button plate he has bolted to it. Very interesting. Well, they're they're made from uh, anodized uh, aluminum, and the the shifter paddles are carbon fiber. Um, they seem to they look to be and sound to be quite well made. Two eighty nine US is what you figured, Mason. Yep. So it's Not pretty so similar bad. to the Formula wheel at Fanatech, maybe a little less. The Fanatech wheel's got a little bit more feature, I think, on it than that one. Yeah, but if the buttons last... <laughs> True. I'm not a fan of the Fanatech Universal Hub. Those buttons are garbage. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Shane, how to build a real USB hydraulic handbrake. Yes, if you're the sort of person that wants a handbrake, and I don't know why you would, but there's a guy on YouTube who shows you how to build one based off of the Derek Spears Designs model. And, uh, I mean, it's like he's not making anything, but uh, he gives you the whole list of parts that you need to have. Um, it's built off of a real handbrake, so you have to buy an actual hydraulic handbrake for a car to make this go. Um, and so he's doing it with the, the handbrake that's in his actual drift car. And then he teaches you how to put the uh, second clutch valve and, and a pressure switch that will then turn into USB data. Uh, pretty involved, but, you know, this is the kind of thing, if you just had to have one that matched your actual car, otherwise, you know, you, you'd probably be fine to buy a handbrake off of, you know, someone else that's already uh, designed for sim work. Yeah. You do know, need to know a little bit because uh, I did watch the video. Uh, he had to uh, create a piece of metal to mount that second uh, slave to. And so he just took a piece of sheet metal and cut it and drilled a couple holes and bent it a certain way and mounted it to the original uh, handbrake and then it gave him a place to mount it. And then he just bought all the parts and assembled it. Uh, he bought the Derek Spears little... Uh, uh, circuit board thing that gives him a USB plug and then you hook it to this and it works and so if you're a little handy it's actually not a bad idea I like the idea of using an actual real handbrake it gives a little realism and but does it uh, does it create much in safe uh, cost savings because a lot of people like the DIY because they can they can do it for cheap and then other people like to do it because it's, it's just fun to make things I didn't I didn't see him talk too much about the numbers in the amount of the video that I got through uh, before the show, but I think it's mainly just to have the same one that you would have in your car type thing. Right. Okay, next up, JRT, Joel Real Timing Overlay. So I told you guys I paid for the the 
the only version they offer. They have a trial, but uh, you have to buy a license. I did buy it. And so I've been kind of experimenting with some of the other stuff they use besides the timing and scoring I have on my fourth monitor. And what I found is they have a thing called uh, overlay, JRT overlay. And if you go into the uh, configuration, you can actually mark either the timing and scoring or the dashboard or the spotter as an overlay. So I've been playing with the spotter overlay. And what it is is if you look at this video at the beginning uh, minute or so, you'll see these little triangles on the screen. And when you have one on the left or the right, that indicates you have a car to the left or the right. Now, as soon as the triangles go down to a horizontal line at the bottom, that means the car is behind you. And when the triangle disappears in front, that means the car is past you. And so it's like a proximity sensor, and it tells you very precisely when that car is on your left rear. Uh, you'll know that very second visually uh, when that car is on your inside, 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 inside kind of thing. And so it gives you a visual kind of spotter. I love it. I ran it in the last NIS race. Uh, it did hit my uh, affect my frames per second. I had to kind of uncheck some settings, but I love it and can't wait to keep running it. Did you hit anybody? I didn't. Well, I had some wrecks, but um, <laughs> it, it was helpful, especially at Richmond, because you're always side by side with people and it's it's really helpful to know when you're exactly clear. Very highly recommend it. I do wish there was a way to use that going through uh, going through VR. Um, I am using the dashboard on JRT now. I've installed that, and I like using that and actually cover up my dashboards on the regular cars. But the spotter, it would, it's not transparent, so I can't see through it. Yeah, tell us a little about that dashboard. I ran it a bit, too. It's got a ton of information, almost so much I don't know what's what. Well, it's got a ton of information, but it's kind of laid out where it's easy to read, and you only look at what you need to read when you've got a kind of downtime. I don't, I barely even see it when, uh, when I'm racing at, say, like Richmond. But if I'm heading down the long straights at Monza, I get a chance to look down there and see how I'm pacing compared to other drivers. Uh, it's got a neat little chart where you can see where you're gaining on the driver in front of you or behind you, and where you're losing to him. Um, you've got information on your lap time first is your best and versus your last you can see what gear you're on you can see your track temperature you can see your battery status and percentage if you're doing something like the one of the LMPs it's very handy um, one thing I particularly like about it especially since it's covering up my temperature gauges on in the cup car when you push the oil temp to the point where the oil temp would turn red on the original gauge, it actually starts flashing at you and it's going to get your attention. You're not going to overlook it. Right. And it's got a countdown to pit road thing. Like as you're approaching your pit stall, there's a yellow bar that starts at the top when you're five away, then it moves down when you're four away, three away, two away. And then when you get to your stall, it's in the middle. And so it's like a visual countdown to pit road. And that's coming very handy because every once in a while I have a little bit of trouble hearing the Sim Racing apps guy over TeamSpeak chat as well as game chat as well as crew chief blabbering. Yeah, JRT, I do recommend. Check it out. Let's get into results. The NASCAR iRacing Series, Las Vegas, Thursday fixed. I ran, I got P19. I got clipped by a guy, sent to the grass, and later got caught up in a wreck. I rallied from 27th clear back to 19th at the end with all the late wrecks. Friday open, 
Uh, Tony Rochette got wrecked. He started on the pole. Uh, every restart was four or five wide till they wrecked. Uh, missed a couple, but he eventually got one. Uh, Tony Groves, you were back finally, and you got a P7. Great job. Yeah, boy, oh boy, I, I don't even really remember the last time I did an NIS race. It's been that long. Um, that was one hard-fought battle. Um, there was quite a few wrecks, and they all seemed to happen, you know, just in front of me. Um, I ended up being able to get around the majority of them, but uh, got caught up in a couple. Uh, one costing me a meatball flag for, it was only about 30 seconds required, um, but boy, oh boy, did it slow me down. And then... Um, you know, right near the end, I had a real good battle with another guy. He had some choice words for me. He thought I should have just let him go and was wondering why I was fighting so hard for seventh. But if he only knew that I hadn't raced in so long um, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't lifting that pedal coming off that last corner. So I was able to, to, to grab that last spot in just the last few feet of the race. Then uh, Brent McCoy, I think, wrecked out. And uh, I don't remember. Did, I think isn't this the one that Bobby uh, Jonas won? Yeah, he was in my race, and uh, yeah, he he took the win. Um, the last restart, him and I actually uh, started one two right beside each other. Um, I think I I may have helped him out because I think I slowed a lot of guys down because I just didn't have the speed to keep up. Well, good win for Bobby. Uh, he's kind of part time. Uh, he's not running every week, and uh, he did come and run with us and. Uh, and one, so uh, great job to Bobby. Congratulations. Uh, next up, it looks like Sunday Open. Tony Rochette. He said Vegas hates me. Uh, he started second, led thir third most laps, and got caught in people's mess again. David, you got P four. Yep, was leading. Kept coming to green flag stops and made a couple of mental errors. Uh, Should have gone no tires with the fact that I ran the tires out. I ran the tank out and also made a mistake changing my tape setting after I'd already stopped and it caused it to hold me for a couple extra seconds and I ended up losing the race by three seconds. So like you had stopped and you were getting the tires and then you went and adjusted the tape and it I made adjusted, you longer? Yeah, it made it a second stop for two seconds. Dang. Would it have made it longer if you had made the adjustment before you pulled into the box? No, I would have done it while it was putting the fuel in. But I also, sh I also shouldn't have taken the tires. I... I it was just, you know, I was crew chief in myself and didn't, I went against my instincts. All right. Sunday fixed. I got P22. I actually hit the apron and fell back and then I got involved in other people, other people's crap. I was slow on, on the long green runs. Now, AJ Almendinger was in my split and I think he ended up finishing second. Uh, it was kind of fun to run with AJ Almendinger. Uh, Shane, uh, you got wrecked out. Tell us about your race. Uh, at Vegas? I don't even remember. I got wrecked out on most of those. I think I ran two or three, and it was just, uh, running fine and getting unlucky. Yep. Sometimes you can't miss it, right? Yeah, I mean, just guys sideways in, in the middle of the track in front of me. And we had a recruit, uh, that's, uh, looking maybe to come on the team, Adam Thompson, run with us. He did lose a few laps from a wreck. I think he got him back, and I think, if, if I recall, he finished third. Uh, so good run for him in the bottom split. 
and uh, he had surgery this week, so he's out for a while. I hope he uh, recovers and gets back soon. Let's go into Richmond. Uh, Wednesday open or Wednesday fixed. Uh, Shane, you ran. You got P9. Yeah, I mean, not to just stick the two together, but I got P9 in the fixed and the open. I'm a survivor out there, apparently. All right, so you like in Richmond better than Vegas? Well, I found a little bit of strategy for this uh, oval racing as I am new at it. And that is to uh, always let anybody that wants it have it. And All right. It, and, and it's yielding ninth, you know, top ten finishes. So Now that'll work for a while. Now as you move up splits, you'll have to get a different strategy. Well, I find that in the splits that I'm in, the guys, they they can't pass you. They can hardly pass you if you let them without running into you, you know? And so I, the, if you just keep surviving, you end up pretty good. All right. And then, David, you got wrecked on the last lap. Yeah, it was running top five the whole race, and a uh, guy ran into me. Uh, he says I broke too early. I don't agree with him, but I know the guy, and I don't think he ran me over on purpose, obviously. So he just misjudged the breaking point, and it took us both out. We're in the good race for both of us, but we're both streamers that know each other and race around each other all the time, so it's it's not going to lead to issues in the future, I don't think. Okay, Mason, you got a, a rare start. You've been busy, but DQ'd. Yeah, uh, first half of the race was awesome. You know, was was climbing my way through the field. I got a speeding penalty in pit road early and, you know, started making my way back up through and stayed out on one of the cautions because we kept having cautions back to back and got top 10 there then uh i hit one person and it all went downhill from there got four x from that and each each caution it seemed hit somebody or just some stupid thing where i get a four x and then uh on the last restart our last green white checkered um i hit the guy in front of me coming up to speed and got a 4x there so i was down to like two left and then uh, going into the final time in turn one a uh, guy was trying to pass me on the inside and didn't even attempt to go to the yellow line so dq wrecked out last lap dang yeah that sounds much like my race today uh, thursday open i got p16 it was top split uh, got involved in many cautions that were not my doing. Now, there was one I spun off a of four on my own. It wasn't a caution, but I did fall back from that. But I had 19x out of 22. And so one more, and I was going to be DQ'd, uh, but I didn't. I was able to finish. Uh, a late restart got me up there a bit to P16. Uh, Jesse, uh, who's not with us tonight, uh, was in my split. He said, P9, hardest fought top 10 all year. Battled back from the front end damage motor uh, damage, and it was tight. Thanks to Brent and Mason for the setup work and help each week. And uh, he was sweating like a dog. And uh, like he said, it was his hardest he's ever driven. I mean, he, he said because it was top split, he was really trying hard to do well and and those guys are hard to beat. And so he did great getting the top 10. Uh, and Annie was in the team speak with us right at the end of the race and, and heard uh, Jesse and I, you know, talking uh, strategy, uh, you know, trying to get through the end of this race. And uh, I think it was a big eye-opener for her about NASCAR racing. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Shane, you got, uh, or no, Tony Rochette, 
Uh, he says, Lady Luck followed him, got into three wrecks. First was a lapper leaving the pits and just runs me over in turn three. Second was a car in front got loose and was too close to avoid. And third was two cars door slamming each other and took me out with them. Yeah, he posted a video, and I mean, he literally got taken out. All right, David. So, our team standings, as you know, they're powered by iPitting. Who makes it easy for you to keep track of your IRC team's progress throughout the season with up-to-the-minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone on your team? And it's interesting, something we just discovered recently is you can, I don't know if it can be configured yet or not because I'm not one of the admins on it, but um, you can make it automatically drop races even before iRacing starts dropping the races, which is kind of similar to the way we actually do in our point standings because we're already dropping five weeks. And as the point standings are, uh, I had another not win, but good week. So I hold on to a lead of 12 points. Stiver is right there with me, 12 points behind. Tony Rochette, 16 points behind. We're all right in striking distance. And hanging out not too far away, but needing all of us to have bad days, I think, with, what, eight races to go? Um, or is it nine? Our, we have Mike Ellis, 32 points behind, and Jesse Gray, 38 behind. Then yeah. in the fix... In the fixed races, um, we still got three guys competing. Mike took or McCoy took the week off, so he slid a little bit. And we have a new leader, Bill Hull, has popped up to the front. He has two wins on the season, um, and is leading with 657 points. But he's only four ahead of Mike and only eight ahead of Brent. And Greg's not even in the top five anymore. Yeah, he did not have a good week at uh, Vegas. All right, uh, a open, uh, Brent. Uh, McCoy had a open domination, led almost every lap and won by half a track. Uh, very happy with his trophy girl as well, it says. Uh, MX5, Will, you got P6 and P4. Yeah, I uh, ran a F3 race, I think, sometime last week with David Flowers, and uh, it did not go good. Took a big hit on the safety and I rating and uh, just had to get some confidence back behind the wheel. I know Okiyama pretty well. Um, ran two top split races. Uh, P4 was the best one. And, uh, yeah, it was just good, hard, clean racing, zero X in both races. And uh, a good comeback from that F3 race did not go like I wanted. All right. Good run uh, in the roadside. All right, let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. I think it's awesome that we've gotten our uh, first female guest on. I'm always basically rooting for just about all the female drivers coming up in the ranking worlds because until we get to a point where it's not a story anymore it is a story and you know uh in especially in the stock car world it's there's still not the numbers and we and it takes i was actually listening to danica's podcast and she mentioned that it's going to take about probably 100 drivers to find that jimmy johnson out of the women so just about any any of the girls that are coming up i'm going to be rooting for them until they give me a reason not to root for them uh and it was great to have annie on i enjoy her channel yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think my first comment to Annie on social media was, hey, you're one of us. And she really is. Uh, she's got that spark that she that when you run well and get a top five or something that you're so excited, uh, just like I get. And so, yeah, she's definitely one of us, even if she's a girl. So, yeah, we're happy to have her on. Mason Stiver, final thought. Um, yeah, I'm curious uh, if if my mic is coming through better with the Yeti or the headset, you know, I can't use the Yeti for racing, but I guess I can use it for the podcast here. Um, cause my butt kicker shake the, the mic too much. Um, but yeah, it was nice to, 
get behind the wheel again and had a decent run at Vegas and I hope on Sunday I'll have a better run at Richmond. Uh, kind of I figured it out a little bit how to drive it. So get back to it. Yeah, go spot check one of the old podcasts you were on. Listen to it and listen to this one. It is it does sound different, but I think it's okay. All right, Shane Chastain, final thoughts? Oh, uh, me and Ann had a quite a long conversation while we were waiting for the podcast to start, and uh, we tried to solve the um, viciousness of the internet for a little while, and, you know, I guess the thought would be that we need to try to act a bit like, say, in the iRacing uh, in sim chat, that, uh, you know, somebody might get out of the car and punch us in the face, because if we go with that mentality people might have less chat bands and a better time. That's right. I heard of a few new drivers in uh, NIS getting new chat bands, I should say. It happens. All right, Tony Groves, final thought? Well, it's uh, it's been a while, guys. Um, <laughs> it's kind of nice to be back. We had a lot of fun tonight. Um, as for racing, well, I did a little bit last week. I hope to do a little bit this week. We'll see. Um, life is still kind of crazy, but things are severely slowing down and that is most definitely a good thing. So I'm going to try and make, uh, more regular appearances on the sim and on the podcast as well. Okay. Very good. We're happy to have you back. Will Gibson, final thought. Uh, not a whole lot here. Um, one thing I do want to say, the best thing I ever did for my racing experience was just turning chat off completely. Um, but yeah, no, it's not a whole lot here. Had a good um, Miata race here. I need to quit wussing out and race with you guys in NIS. I just do not want to go out there and be a, a moving chicane or cause a caution. And uh, I need to get over that anxiety and get out there because, man, you guys are killing it. Good news. There's lots of those moving chicanes out there. Yeah, you'll fit in perfectly. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, yeah. All right. My final thoughts. Uh yeah, really cool to have Annie on. I did enjoy her videos. That's why we showed you guys about them on the podcast. And uh, kind of need to watch a, a rookie through fresh eyes of what iRacing looks like, you know, when you're a rookie. Uh, I kind of forgot about that. It's been a long time. You know, we get so caught up in what we're doing in NASCAR and NIS and setups and the podcast and everything else we do that you forget just the simple pleasure of, Man, I passed, you know, in a you know, a Mazda car, I passed somebody, yay, you know, and, and to see that excitement uh, for the first time, you know, to see somebody experience the first time is kind of neat. So uh, pretty cool uh, channel she's got. Uh, other than that, you know, enjoying the wheel, I feel like we got it dialed in real good, like I said before. Um, Richmond, man, it wears my arms out. I, you know, I'm running 80% on the force feedback, and... Uh, yeah, I'm going to grow some muscles. I think I'm going to have Popeye arms here by the end of the year. But uh, Richmond is definitely the hardest track so far on the wheel. Uh, I, it's just uh, you really have to turn it in the, in the corner. And I don't know if it's just that A car is going so fast around that tiny track or, or what it is or, or the G-force associated with the corners. But, uh, yeah, I'm yanking that wheel, baby. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.